Do you ever wonder, who am I and what is my purpose? If you're human, the answer is probably yes. What if it was possible to figure that out, at least in part, just with the time and place you were born and where the stars and planets happened to be when that moment occurred? Well, I have great news for you. You can. And today's guest is a seasoned astrologer who will teach you how to utilize astrology to find out what your soul signed up for this lifetime and how to find self-acceptance and self-love through your birth chart. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. And before we get into the show, I want to let you know that Unleash is up for a People's Choice Podcast Award nomination. You can go vote for Unleash at podcastawards.com. I'll also put the link in the show notes. Okay, now to the guest. Her name is Deborah Silverman. She's an astrologer, psychotherapist, teacher, podcaster, and author of the book, the missing element. Over the past 45 plus years of professional experience in private practice, Deborah has specialized in helping thousands of individuals achieve emotional health and wisdom based on who they uniquely are. She specializes in guiding those who are going through major life changes, pain, and insecurity, which honestly, who isn't? So she's here for all of us. Deborah is an incredible human, and I wanted to have her on the show to talk about using astrology as a tool to foster self-love, love for our fellow human being, and as a way to figure out your soul's purpose and your life path. She teaches astrology to help people fall in love with themselves and their journey, and I just love that, and it feels very aligned with what we do here every week on Unleash. From today's chat, you'll learn how to build the courage to step out of the norm and into what you know you're meant to do, how astrology can help you unleash your most authentic self, how to properly understand and utilize the elements in your chart, her take on the rising sun and moon sign, how your chart's midheaven affects your career, and much more. Okay, now here she is, Deborah Silverman. Deb. I'm obsessed with you. I love your energy. I love your spirit. I just love how you assist people in helping them accept and love themselves through astrology. And I'm just so grateful to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. So I want to take it back to 10-year-old Deb reading the Detroit Free Press as your entry point for when your fascination with astrology began. Can you share that story? It was the cartoon section. (laughs) It's such a funny story. I mean, when I think about it, when I actually think about it, not just say it, I'm a little girl going through the cartoon section and I see the word astrology and I light up like a Christmas tree. I don't even know. I don't even know what it means, but I write my name. Like, you know how when you learn like in second grade, how to you put the spelling, I'm writing my name and I put it in the mail. I'm so excited. My mom writes a check and I'm going to get an astrology chart mailed to me. But then when it gets there, I guess I put the wrong birthday or they, I don't, something happened, but it was the wrong chart, which was very disappointing because I didn't know how to return anything. I was too little. Yeah. So that was the very first day I saw it. Then fast forward, I was in junior high school at Oak Park, Michigan, and I found this book called Sun Signs and Your Moon. And they gave you the date to look in the back of the book where everybody's moon was. And I was a little popular girl. And so all my friends, and I have this memorized because I'm so weird. I have all the kids I grew up with their moon sign. And then I realized, wow, this was so accurate. And mine, I remember distinctly said, be careful. You could be superficial. I was like, superficial. They called me Debbie Deep by the time I was in 10th grade because I used to ask these deep questions. But at that moment, it just what stayed with me was be careful. You could be, because I have this very easy, fun chart of Gemini Aries. Anyways, then fast forward, I had my first reading at 17 and I completely had my head blown off because she knew that I was a dancer. I went to University of Michigan, studied dance and I had been a dancer my whole life. And she knew before I even said anything. And then she described my character and I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then the next stop was at 20. I met an astrologer and she came home to my Jewish family's I want to say it was Rosh Hashanah. It was like the Jewish New Year. We were all sitting at the table and she went around the table to my mother and my aunt and my grandmother and my brothers and my dad. And she opened up this thing called an ephemeris and she described each character. And I was like, 
how is she doing this? And we got in the car, we drove from Detroit back to Toronto where I was going to school. And I said to her, whatever you just did, could you teach me? Mm. And then she taught me. And then you went on this incredible journey to become a psychologist and you got your master's degree. Of course, the two go together beautifully. But back then, like, I mean, everyone loves astrology today. Back then it was not accepted. Were you practicing astrology in the daylight? Was it something that you were kind of hiding? What was your relationship with it while you were practicing psychology more clinically? Graduate school and told my um, supervisor that I wanted to do astrology with psychology. She was like, wait, what did you just say? Like, I was completely, totally pioneering at the entrance level. But she said yes. And I did a research project with chronic mental patients in the wards in Los Angeles. And I figured out the astrological indicator that suggested mental illness. Wow. I know. It was inspired. One of my strong suits is that I have always stayed true to my own drummer. Like I've never felt the compulsion to conform. Mm. I was doing astrology and psychology. Nobody was doing it. I was getting all kinds of resistance, but nothing was going to stop me. I was on a mission. Fast forward all the way, literally 45 years later. I'm still doing the same thing. What is it in you that doesn't feel the need to conform? Because I feel like that's what gets most of us into trouble is feeling like we need to fit in, feeling like we need to get smaller. What is it in you and how can we get that? I think what it was is I had such eccentric parents that I didn't get the right program. Like most of us are growing up in a school system with our parents and with our community of friends when you're little and everyone is a cookie cutter. And my parents were so eccentric. Like my father was in the Jewish mafia in Detroit. My mother was a complete space cadet who bumped into the wall and forgot her kids' names. So I didn't have the traditional programming, which forced me to find my own voice and then stay true to it because I was my true north. So I can only say that astrologically, the destiny line in my chart was so strong that I didn't get a vote. And I can't give anyone the skill set except to say, when you feel a passionate interest in something, whether it's a podcast or whether it's a dancer, whether it's a writer, whether it's a business person, stay with it. Don't let anyone deter you. It's easy for me to say, but nothing was going to stop me. What I love about your approach is that it really is one that helps us find self-acceptance and self-love. And you say astrology helps us understand what our soul signed up for. How? What does that mean? It just simply means there's indicators and it's all in my chart. Like I can say to you as a kid, that strong, willful, like I never had a drink till I was 40 years old. Who does that? But some part of me just thought this stuff, one, it tastes like nail polish remover. And two, all my friends act like idiots. But when I watch them drunk, it's stupid. In university, I was like, this is all. So somewhere I have this very, in my chart, a very strong conviction to what I know to be true and I will not accommodate you. Now that's astrological in back sight. Like if I look behind, I can tell you that's what's going to sound funny. Uranus is sitting on the very top of my chart and Uranus is the rule breaker who cannot follow the drummer. They're always off their own path. So now I can explain it to myself and my Mercury's in Taurus. So my mind is very stubborn, like I will not, but that's my chart. And I figured it out backwards. I can look at your chart without having evidence and say to you, there are indicators that are very strong, where the position of the planets are, what the combination of the planets are, what the combination of the elements, that's a very loud one. I wrote a book called The Missing Element, and you can learn very quickly. So looking at, for example, your chart, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're not going to meet anyone else that has what you have. You have seven planets in Earth. So what that means is, at a practical level, you are not going to stop. You're going to get the job done. You can't understand people who are late. You don't understand why they don't follow through. You don't know, know why they don't do a good job. That would make you crazy because you have seven planets on Earth. So you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Earth, mountains, rocks, trees, don't move. Either you agree with me or I'm just going to stand here. You've got the stubborn thing too. Oh, for sure. And you know, it's interesting because I feel like as I've been learning more about your approach and the elements... I have things in me that conflict, right? We all do, I'm sure. But sometimes I feel really pulled toward the air and sometimes I feel very watery and sometimes I feel that like Sagittarius moon fire. And I think in my youth, I was more 
in the big three. And then in my later adulthood to this point, I feel very in the earth. And that's what happens. We grow into our chart. First of all, you're an Aquarian, so you don't follow anyway. Yeah. You're always going to be changing it up and you're always going to be bringing in new variations and don't tell me what to do. But the practical application of your podcast and the quality and the knowing how to distribute it and knowing how to produce it, Lauren, you're in charge. So can you, from looking at my chart, and maybe this can help the listener, give me some advice right now on what I signed up for? What should I do, Deborah? (laughs) It is so cute. What did I sign up for? Well, you did want a cross current. You did ask. First things first. There's an artist in this chart. You have Mercury and Venus standing right next to each other. So your aesthetic in your home, for example, and the way that you place things, you have a high value for the way things look. And men, like you look at someone and go, now, what are you wearing? You have an instinctual opinion and knowing you could be a great, you would be a great designer when it comes to knowing the way people should look (laughs) and what they should be wearing. I'm sure, doesn't that occur to you a lot? You look at someone and go, ah. Yeah, when it doesn't feel like them, I don't like it. You're like a lie detector test. You're a little cancerizing. If you meet someone, your body responds very quickly and you feel them. And then your Aquarius starts to trip, like making up stories. And then the practical side is like, what can I do to help this person? Well, yes, you've read me. Yes. <laughs> so astrology is like a secret code. You look in the keyhole and if you can speak the language, which is what I teach at my school, which by the way, it's opening only twice a year in January and September. So if you're interested in learning, like it's very simple. I make the language very simple. Like a fourth grader can take the class level one. You learn simple things. Like if I see someone has mercury, your case, the way you think connected to Venus, the planet of beauty, you're an aesthetic machine. Since you were little, the way things look and the color and the smell and the quality of people authentically being present, you're like, as you would say, obsessed. But if someone's incongruent, or they don't, they're playing a game, or they're doing that conforming game, they're they're doing that trending thing. You're like, keep walking. You're not interested. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. So I end up missing out on genuinely good things because I'm like, well, if everyone likes it, it can't be good. And then 10 to 15 years later, I find it. and I'm like, oh my gosh, you people know this is amazing. Is there any way to get around those proclivities? Rebel against everything. I mean, it's such a good thing to know if you're an Aquarian, you cannot follow. You'll rebel just to rebel. These are the people who say, I had a kid like this. You want to go to Disneyland? No. Like, what? Like Aquarians say no to everything. Do you want to go out and have a part? No. And of course, five minutes later, it was a yes. But they resist everything in order to establish their authentic self. It's kind of a wonderful thing, but it's not acceptable to your own standards because you're like, why am I always walking on the different street? Why do I always have a different opinion? So you probably have shades of that, yes? Oh, yeah, for sure. So the question really is, knowing who you are, which is described by the chart, but it shows up. So look what happened to me. At such a young age, astrology called my name and I never, now that's unusual. I think this happened to you. Like your practicality and your desire for excellence with seven planets and earth, you're wanting to make money and be really grounded. Nobody was getting in the way of that. Definitely not. I had a very strong vision around 10 too. I was like, I'm going to go to Hollywood someday. I love that. Yeah. Are you a producer? I produce, I write music, and I also host. Yeah. And all of those things delight the Aquarian, but I bet you do them all very well. There's no mediocrity in your chart. Yes. I think that that's part of the difficulty in why I'm like, what should I do? I've always done many things, but part of me feels like I'm getting pulled apart and like I need to make a choice and find some focus. And It feels confusing right now because I do want to be excellent, but I also don't want to be one thing. And that's at this moment in your life, you're feeling, is is the confusion specific to this moment? Yeah. Well, I can see the big issue here is, it's going to sound funny, but Uranus has been squaring your sun. You're being made uncomfortable by life to have you reevaluate all your decisions. And it's been going on now for a year. So you have to, when you come see an astrologer and they say to you, it sounds funny, that Uranus is not supporting you. It's trying to disrupt in order for you to dislodge your hands because you're a control freak. 
Yeah. You have yeah. like to get things your way. And this life is saying, absolutely not. But the way to get someone to change is to confuse them. Mm. Confusion is the surest way to get someone to stop, to go seek help, to request another point of view, rather than being so assured, which is Aquarius pretend all the time they know everything. So this is a moment in time where you're being forced to rearrange, to shake your head. Can you give us an example? Yeah, I think trying to decide what to do with music. Like, I love music. I've put out six singles. I'm recording four more right now. But it hasn't had the worldly success that I would like it to have. But whenever someone brings it up, like, I start crying. So I know I'm supposed to keep doing it. But the part of me that's extraordinarily driven and like, well, what impact is it having? Is it actually doing what it's supposed to do? Is like, maybe you should focus your energy elsewhere, even though there's this deep part of me yearning for it. So your life lesson is Earth. You have Saturn and Capricorn. And the life lesson of Earth, which is what the Buddha taught us, because he was Earth, is not to be attached to results. Like mm. we do things, the Buddha could not solve the problem of poverty. He came out from his very wealthy compound he lived in, walked on the streets, and he was like, what? He was so distraught by the amount of dis injustice and inequality in the world. So he sat under a tree and he sat and he sat and finally he wouldn't eat anymore. And finally he was going to lose. He was going to die. When the beautiful green Tara, who looked just like you, came by him and she said, well, honey, eat something. And he fell in love with her. No one ever tells that part of the story, just like Jesus with Mary, just like Mary came by and she was the source of giving him the love that allowed Jesus similar to the Buddha. They don't tell you about her, but then he realized, oh my goodness, I'm so attached to results. When my real function is to sit here under the tree and embody the peacefulness of my heart. Like you love music. You're never going to say, well, why are you measuring your success by how many likes and how much they buy? And you can't stop. So you, your life lesson is take off the attachment. This is the Iranian change that's happening for you. Stop measuring your success by the outer world. That will change your life, that sentence. I love that. You talked about the lessons of Earth. I know you love the elements. We've been talking about them. You wrote the book, The Missing Element. Can you state what the elements are and why you start there? Yes. And you guys, if you want to know what your life lesson is, you go find out where your Saturn is. So for Laura, Saturn's in Earth. It's that simple. She came in this life to be obsessed about results, wanting to be in control, wanting money, wanting numbers, prove it to me. And then life said, ha ha, <laughs> we're going to make it a challenge. We're going to teach you about being with what is. And you were like, Bleh. that's Saturn and Earth. So that's people born in 89. But you go, you have to go look it up. Two, let's start at the beginning. If you have Saturn in water, which is Cancer, Pisces, or Scorpio, you came in this life to be emotional. Whatever your life lesson is, nobody likes it. Let's start there. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but I become friends with it. So Saturn and water, people who get caught in depression, they get caught in feeling like emotionally they can't come out of the bad mood, the negative thought, the feeling so sensitive, getting their feelings hurt, wanting to have alcohol and drugs to subdue this incredibly assaulting reality. Water people are overly sensitive and they feel bad about it and they wish it would go away, but it doesn't. Okay, Saturn and air. These are the airheads in the world. They think all the time and they talk all the time, Aquarius, Gemini, you and me, and they get scattered and their life lesson is to communicate honestly and to journal and to organize their mind through relationship, through the other, through their community so that they're not just talking to themselves. They have to learn to communicate. Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius. And that's people your age. They just had Saturn return last year. If you're 30 years old, you've got Saturn and Aquarius. Saturn and fire. These are the people that are obnoxious. They, they can't help it. They stick their foot in their mouth. They say things they shouldn't say. They get super energetic. They bump into things. They spend too much. They give too much. They're wild. And you can't say to Saturn and fire, stop it. They're like, I can't. I just want one more drink. I just want to go play. So it's an uncontrolled, and their life lesson is knowing when to stop. Not easy, but they learn to pull down the energy. Let it be comfortable holding it in rather than blurting everything out. I have that one. So water is a sensitivity. People get lost in their emotional body. Air is learning how to communicate and network and be part of a community. Earth is letting go of their attachment to results, not making the world measured by the outer extremes. And then fire is, are we having fun yet? And please know when to stop. 
It's fascinating that the lesson is the opposite of the proclivity. Exactly. Good work, because, you know, you really have to learn it. It's not something that's at all intuitive, you know? It's the opposite of intuition. And that's what my book speaks to. You have to find your missing element, the one that you don't want to do, and then you got to go do it. It's like four wheels in a car. If one wheel of the four elements is out, the whole thing drives like this. But once you get all four elements balanced, the sky's the limit. So you might be interested if I were you, Lauren, because you have so much earth. Do you know what your missing element is? I don't know. It's fire. It's the willingness to put yourself out there. Like, look how good you are at promoting other people. Look how good you are at cheerleading someone else. You have to start learning how to stand up and own it and say, this is mine. And I'm really good and get bossy and pushy about you. Yeah. You have that one little planet and sad. You can get excited, but it's hard for you to do the get up and go about yourself. So let's talk about that. Cause I know I have the mid heaven in Aries. Can you talk about what the midheaven is? And I know that's fire, but you talk about how that doesn't have a planet, so you can't hear it, right? I know. I've listened to so much of you, Deborah. I've been like binging your stuff. I'm obsessed with you. I told you. <laughs> I love that. Midheaven is literally what was above your mother's head. Like you're you're in the hospital room, the mom's giving birth or wherever she's at home. And if you look straight up above her head. That's the indicator for your career. The thing that's at the top of the sky describes what you came in this life to do. So you are here, it's an Aries, to be the assertive one, to pioneer, to break new ground, to be willing to, like that thing we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, what makes somebody stand apart and not conform? Aries. So you've got that in your career. You can pioneer, but that doesn't mean you'll do it for you. Like I bet you've helped a lot of people be very successful. Yes. So your lack of fire is, wait, what about me? How do I value my voice? How do I get self-acknowledgement? How do I give myself permission to tell everyone I'm in love with music and you got to listen to my song and I'm going to sing for you? Do you do that? Are you comfortable with that? I definitely am not as comfortable as doing it for myself as for others. Like it can get to icky very quickly for me. I have a very good friend who he sings in the middle of conversations. I mean, every single time you're in a long conversation with him, he breaks into song. Now he happens to have an excellent voice and he's a double Gemini. So he can just like make up words. It's so cool. But I could, I'm always thinking to myself that that's a very courageous that he just starts to sing. Oh yeah. Very courageous. You could do that. So I'll tell you what I've been doing lately that I'm just loving. And it really, I think tickles my cancer rising is writing children's music. Oh, that has been my favorite thing I've ever done musically. Because now you can feel comfortable sharing it and giving it. You're just a very generous spirit that is critical. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So just turn off the critical part and just go be generous. Just go start sharing. Give yourself the gift with kids and not care about the money. You get stuck in success based on the outer world. Is that true? Yes. That's a real handicap because we don't know why some people reach fame and others do not. I have someone in this island that I live on. When her daughter was born, I saw her chart and I said, she's going to be famous. And she was like, what? And she's the number one surf doodass on the Hawaiian islands. And her mom told her from the get-go. Now there are clues in the chart that suggest someone's going to be put in the public eye and there's no way to get around it. And then there's other people who can't get in the public eye at the level they want because the chart is not supportive in, in that way. Who knows who they spin the dice and they go, Jennifer Aniston, you're going to have 70 million people on your Instagram. Oh, and you who are gorgeous and an artist and incredible actress. I'm sorry, we can't get you in this play. You're like, how did that? We don't know. It's a mystery. So when your chart has different answers than what something in your heart or gut is pulling you toward, how can you find the acceptance around that? Such a beautiful question. When your heart is pulling you to something that you're not getting the outer reflection back, it's an okay thing. How do you come to peace with that? First of all, don't stop making your music, whatever it is you're doing. Like I have so much poetry that no one will ever see. They'll never get the light of day. I don't care. I can't not not create. I sometimes wonder, how does this computer remember everything? Like there's a bazillion things that I put in there that it's stashed away and it's still in the little office, wherever that is. Those things will never be seen by people. And that was my pleasure. And we do things not with the intention. I mean, you can't, you, Mercury conjunct fetus, you can't stop creating. It'll never go away. However, 
The peacefulness is, oh, I love creating. I had the best day today. You, you're going to have to go on a diet where you take your attention off the outer world for a while and exclusively find the pleasure of the simplicity of creating because you are a creative monster. And then it'll come back later. You don't know what'll happen, but you've got to reduce your attachment to results, especially for people born your year, Saturn and Capricorn, because they are extremists. They either work like crazy or they're really lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's embarrassing to admit. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten that laziness piece, but maybe I should let myself explore it. (laughs) Because you have more earth than anybody I've ever seen. This chart is unbelievable. You never see one, two, three, four, five planets in Capricorn, Mars in Taurus and Jupiter in Taurus. That's crazy. You came in with a extreme, this is where you don't get lazy, productivity, but you also came in with an extreme critic is keeping track and measuring and keeping a scorecard. What are you doing with the scorecard? To answer your question is how do you really, this is someone that's almost 70 talking. How do you really drop into the acceptance of what is you practice? Cause it's very unnatural. Yeah, We are to be miserable, anxious, depressed, and completely confused. That's the design of the human condition. Once you realize that's how we're built. I tell this to my kids all the time. Like you're fucked up and I still like you. Like you're completely ridiculous right now. I'm in love with you, but you're, this is the stupidest conversation. Your music is your love this life. If ever anybody with Mrs. Mrs. Six, eight, 17,000 planets on earth, you can't help yourself. But why are we using the outer world to measure? It's a good question. Mm. A really good question to ask yourself. Well, yeah, and that is a journey I've been on. It's interesting you said for the past year, the past year I've been really working on detaching my worth from my work. Bingo. Bingo. But it's still difficult. And I think it will always be difficult because what you're telling me is it's my biggest lesson. So, you know, what? I'm going to tell you something that your chart ages really well. Oh, you, what, how old are you? I'm 34. Yeah. So now double your age. Think of a whole lifetime that I've had and then some since you. In that next era for you with all that Capricorn in the second half of your life, starting like 45, you're going to say, I can't believe I'm at peace. Because you really work it. You're not going to give up. You're going to keep going. You're one of those people that doesn't stop. People that are my age, why they don't look like me is because they gave up. They got crispy critter. They got tired. They stopped having orgasms and they're not laughing. So can you give advice to people your age? Because I do have people in the 60 plus division listening, including my mom, who I'm obsessed with, who's back home in Michigan. And you're absolutely right. Like you remind me of my Aunt Karen. She's like a Libra, also an air sign, obviously. So obsessed with life, like unabashedly enthusiastic. And I just see the way that she is in life. And it reminds me of you. But I think so many baby boomers have just like really subscribed to what they were told it meant to get older. Talk to them because I think they need advice on how they can unleash and really embrace their full self and embrace that they are alive right now. Hey, creative, if you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor? Would you share it with somebody that you care about? Your friend, your mom, your lover, whoever it is, because podcasts really are spread person to person. And I don't know about you, but the ultimate influencers in my life are my friends and family. So if all of you could share the podcast with just one person, it would make a massive difference in our creative community, grow it, and we can all help support and lift each other up and get toward our dreams even faster. So please, if you have time today and you feel so compelled, share the show with a friend. Oh, also, if you have time, feel free to like pop on over to Apple and leave it a rating and review and a rating on Spotify. Okay. Love you. You're so sweet. First of all, we grew up in a horrible diet. We had ding-dongs and we had Pop-Tarts and we had white flour and we had Kraft macaroni and cheese. We had such a bad beginning, these baby boomers. If I think about that now, I get a stomachache, which I had my whole childhood. So we had a bad imprint to start with, to your point about fitting into this box. The body took a hit. There's nobody my age that doesn't have some kind of crazy symptom unless you start to learn what you can do to continue longevity. Things like changing your diet, doing juices from vegetables, things like stem cells that changed my life completely. Things like knowing the value of exercise, even when you're tired. I get energy from exercising, but if no one told me that, and I always think to myself when I'm around kids and people my age, they're not kids anymore. 
when I'm around my friends my age from Oak Park High School, which I'm still friends with, I always think if I were them, I would say, Deborah, how did you get like that? Like, why are you not cranky? Because the body starts to break. And the simple answer is exercise. Make sure you know where your water's from. Do not drink plastic bottles. If you can get yourself some clean, I mean, I live in Hawaii, clean water, or if you could eat aware, I'm telling you that the vegan or the vegetarian or the pescatarian, it makes such, but people, they don't really want to hear this. I don't know. We're creatures of habit and this place is so dense. And by the way, being alive is not easy. Oh, no painful experience. No one ever tells you that. So your Aunt Karen, who has juju, she's been able to push through the resistance. But for someone who has lots of earth, they get tired and they get old. They're like, oh my God. I feel like this leads into something that you and a lot of spiritual teachers are talking about, which is that like the consciousness is shifting. Things are changing. Something's going on. I heard you talk on another podcast about how to prepare for this shift. You said, we can take a deep breath, Calm the nervous system and know the elements. Okay, why don't we just have you work for me, Lauren? She actually took notes. You guys just notice why she's so excellent at what she does, why you're on this podcast listening to her. It's because she really is doing a seven planets and earth expert effort. I'm impressed. I'm totally Aww, impressed. That warms my heart. And that's true. And by the way, you won't take that compliment in because you never think you're doing enough. I'm going to call this episode Deb Calls Me Out. <laughs> I think one of the things is we don't want to talk about climate crisis. We don't want to talk about what's about to happen. And so we go into a state of denial. Mm -hmm. The group thinks the zeitgeist is suffering from depression and anxiety and they're microdosing and they're doing all these things to get out of this negative spin because it's true. We're about to go through a big change. So to your point, in the meantime, back to Buddha, what do you do when you know a crisis is about to hit? Take a deep breath. You know what happened one day? I swear this is a true story. In Hawaii, an alarm went off on our phones that said within the next 15 minutes, a missile is coming to Kauai. You could hear the siren went off. It was a mis- obviously a mistake, but the whole island went. <gasps> and I was teaching that day and there was about 15 women in my home. One of them went into the bathroom, called her grandma and started crying. One of them sat in the corner and started to make like write shit down. I, I was like, what? People were absolutely hysterical. And you know what I was doing? The same thing you were? <laughs> I said, could you calm down for a minute? Because if it's true, let's just be peaceful. Just sit with me. And then about 15 minutes later, up comes it. So sorry. It was a mistake. You could feel the whole island. And then they all said, what, how did you, because I'm practicing for crisis, it will come. There is no question. This is going to get a very, very hot here that there will be, I hate to say this out loud. There will be no fish within the next 15 years. There will be no fish in the ocean. Now, people can't tolerate that truth, so we don't think it, but if you Google it, it's true. When that ecosystem breaks, it's just like Atlantis. Everybody's like, nah, and poof. But this time, I'm here to say, you really can make a difference if you simply honor the elements. Like, do I know how to water, sit in silence, and be with myself? Not an easy task. Turn off the radio, turn off the social media, go outside, put your phone down. Five minutes of meditation is better than nothing. Two, error. We must speak truthfully to each other and have healthy relationships. The single ingredient that makes this life sweet as pie is the love you have for your lover, for the dog, for your mother. I'm obsessed with her, for the person you're listening. Who am I in love with? That's the air element. And I speak it. Air is talking. I'm an airhead because I keep forgetting everything because I'm so in love with you. I'm totally distracted. That's okay. Air people have multiple things going on. And the question in the name of their nervous system is, who do I want to sit next to and breathe with? Who do I want to talk to? Who can I tell my secrets to? And that's air. It's the best, our best friends, our favorite people to telephone. But if it's not mastered and you gossip or the mind just talks to hear its own voice or worse yet, you have internal dialogue that judges you. If that air element is dirty because you don't know how to say like you're doing today, I have a question. I need a little help. That's the high road of air. And then the mastery of earth when the planet goes through its big changes, they're the ones that have saved all the food, canned all the things, knew what to eat, knew where to go. And they're really simple and grounded and they're here for us and they take care of us. And they're the calm one in the room. You go to, like I had a grandma, grandma and grandpa, the same house, the same smells. If you think you're boring, you're not. Who's ever listening to this? All of you that think, I wish I was like Deborah and Lauren. No, 
Your stability and your groundedness and your calm, while it might appear boring, makes us all feel so comforted. And then last is the fire people. They have to be the ones like we're doing right here, right now, your little moon and Sag and my moon and Aries. We have to talk about this, you guys. I have a podcast called I Don't Believe in Astrology. And the very first interview was with Jeff Orlowski, who wrote Chasing Coral, the best documentary on Netflix about the planet. And it's a disturbing film. It's beautifully done. That makes you realize, wait, did she say there was no fish in 15, 20 years? If we don't become aware, we could change it. And we are at the very last few minutes. But more importantly, be prepared by not being surprised and having the truth faith, which is what I've really learned to say is you don't think magic's going to happen. You don't think a miracle's in the background. You don't think something that you unexpected that you would never have seen is going to come and help. It is. But in the meantime, we, I, I have to call my little nervous system, which is what I've done and said, how can I help? Hmm. Who can I talk to? What can I research? Go watch the documentaries. Keep your eyes open. Wake up. That is such good advice. I mean, what I was thinking of when you were talking of it is Shavasana. And it kind of feels like Shavasana for the soul. My God, that's brilliant. If we did yin yoga and nothing else, all of you out there, you want to fix your nervous system? Go do yin yoga. You want to fix your nervous system? Put on snotum car, put on classical music, put on pocketbook can. Let it run in your house for an hour at a time. One song that you feel so comforted by. That's Shavasana. I want to go into the big three a little bit because I know you're so deep on the elements. And I love that. First of all, I need to say this. You make astrology accessible. So many astrologers are out there talking about like little dots and I don't know what's going on. I love that you talk to humans. So thank you for that. But I'm curious to hear your take as somebody who does that on the big three, because I feel like many people are confused about what they actually mean. I'm just writing a book. I don't know if you know this. I've got just got a big deal to write my next book, which won't come out for two years, but I'm right in the middle of it. First of all, what they don't tell you that's really important, and it's so interesting in your case, the rising sign, which is another word for the ascendant, which means we're rising or ascending into is our higher self. But people just neglect that and they call it, I don't even know, the way you look or the way you present to the world. It's called two words. It's the only thing in astrology that has two words, the ascendant and the rising sign. Let me help you realize you are a 29 degree cancer. And in astrology, the later the degree the more sophisticated. You're at the very last degree of cancer rising, which means that in this lifetime, your rising sign, your soul is so emotionally compassionate. You're the same sign as Dalai Lama. Cancer is the love of humanity, even when it's ugly. Don't cry now. I know. I just, I really do love people. You're the sweetest thing. Look at her. This is the gift of water. You've mastered it. Your soul is so compassionate. And that's why writing music for kids is such a great idea. And just keep writing the music. Sing to us. I want you to sing to me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What kind of song do you want to hear? Like the one that you really love singing that makes your voice sound so good. Okay. I'll sing my first single I put out. Perfect. I know the road before me isn't paved. It isn't smooth. I've got a light inside me, even though there's darkness too. And I've been knocked off my feet, but I'm still crawling on my knees. I won't let go on the road to glory. Won't sell my soul on the road to glory. Won't let go on the road to glory. Oh my goodness. This is my favorite podcast yet. That was so beautiful. That's 29 degrees cancer rising. It doesn't matter who listens to it. You are an example. Your soul came in this lifetime to embody a compassionate heart that would come through your creativity. Ding, 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 ding. There you go. That's the self-acceptance. Bingo. And now I don't have to prove anything. If I can always remember that. That's my point. And is that where in the chart, the best place to go to find the self-acceptance is in the rising? If you're a beginner astrologer and no one's ever going to tell you this, go to your rising side and just pay attention. Like it's element first. You can start so simply. What element is it in? Then the next thing you're going to go to is Google the sign, 
read about it. I have these stupid videos that have reached 8 million views, five minute little vignettes of each sign. You can learn it so quick. So you go Deborah Silverman and whatever your rising sign is. And up comes this little five minute video. It's a little embarrassing. It's not. It's adorable. You have the most personality. What I love about you and the way you talk about astrology is that you genuinely love every sign. And there's a lot of hatred toward... (laughs) I love it. She's getting so real right now. But you give off the greatest things about it, right? In these videos. I honestly do. People probably would. They know what signs I'm a little less celebratory about, but it's not really true. That's not true. You're absolutely right. I see through God's eyes and the human condition, while it's very broken, I'm the first one to say it. We don't know how to forgive. We can't remember the future. We only deal with the past. We never future pace and take care of what's about to happen. We have a real fear of heartbreak and death. Anyways, my point is there's some human design faults. However, as a species, the heart of a human like nothing you've ever seen. The, the giggle of a child, the beauty of a baby. Like, what, what are we? We're both a mixture of sad, very bad designed. We hurt people. War. There should be no word as such as a war. What does that even mean? But we're not there yet. And we're and that's the exciting moment. We're at this turning point. We don't know what we're going to see. We know it's very uncomfortable. It's just like when a woman's giving birth. It's a very awkward moment when you're in the transition and you're suddenly giving birth and you're in terror. A yoga girl just publicly was so amazing how much she displayed. She's so honest. She's sad, rising. She just tells everybody everything. I love the way Rachel shares. And her moon's in Leo. And so she does it with flair and style. And she was born, as I described, her son's on the midheaven. The person that was born at the top of the day is the person that has fame. That's how I knew the other girl would be famous. She's exactly the same, actually, the other girl. She is Sag rising sun in Libra. So there are certain indicators that people become public. And she showed us about birth. Thank you. Thank you, yoga girl. And what is it? It is absolute radical faith because it's the weirdest thing. Once again, design fault. Why do they put the baby in there? Yeah. Ouch. It's a little rude. <laughs> so good, Lord. Uh, well, yeah, I love it. And I think you really, you give every sign a fair shake, which I think a lot of people are not doing now. There's a lot of like hatred towards certain signs online. And I like that you're doing your best. We're all biased. We're people. We have design flaws, but you're doing your best to really bring out the best of each sign. And I love that. So, okay, you have the videos on rising. Now tell me about the sun. It feels like you don't feel like that one is as important. Is that not true? I do. But because I'm a therapist and I always go underneath people's psyches, it's the sun is this, at the top level and it's very important. It's everything through our universe. Every plant, every flower, everything just stares at the sun and says, put your light on me. It's such a beautiful thing. The sun sign is your personality. It's the ego. It's the knee-jerk response. It's like what you do. And like you can't help but be an Aquarian. It, it happens without any awareness. It's the part of us that is operative because like the sun, it's our life-giving force. And so it's the most obvious at the superficial level. It's the most obvious externalization of your spirit. The moon, on the other hand, is your internal world. And it represents how you feel. Think about it. The moon rules the waters on earth. They can tell on the farmer's almanac. It's so crazy because the moon and it gets full. Everybody gets more activated. And when the moon goes away and it's a, a new moon, we go in. And it's a law that's been going on in every tribe. During a full moon, there's a party. Everybody's outside with the, oh. And during a new moon, there's no light. I mean, I live in Hawaii. You can't go hiking. You can't see anything. So we go in during a new moon and we pray. We do our seed planting. So these are the ancient truths. And the moon in our modern day system, I can tell how you will react when you're upset. When your emotional body, when your unconscious mind, when the thing starts to bug you, I'll see, I'll know exactly how you behave. If it's water, you're going to cry. If it's air, you start talking. If it's earth, you start cleaning. And if it's fire, you just say shit. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) What is the progressed moon? What is that? I've heard you talk about that. It's my secret sauce. That's really what I should have made millions on and put it on an app. And I just haven't had the time. But there is a free on my website, you can get a whole thing about progress moon and be able to go find it. It's a technical term. It's not something most people know. 
It's only revealed when you have a chart and there is a free app called astro.com where you can go get your chart. It's a little tricky to answer. You have to go get a professional reading. Okay. I have certified astrologers on my list that I play matchmaker. Now I'm going to sing matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match, find me a fine. And I literally connect people and give them their phone numbers and they go off and have a reading. I love it. So for Progress Moon, it's really at this juncture because there's not a lot of information. Best to go get a reading through one of Deb's astrologers. It tells you specifically about the future. That's a really good indicator. So for you at the moment, you're right in the middle. That's what I said. It's been a year long that you've been, your Progress Moon's in Aries. So you're just feeling bossy and pushy and energetic and it's a little annoying. Yeah. Because I don't know what to do with it. (laughs) Listen, I had a teacher once when I was young in my twenties and she was way older than me. And she had written a book that was like this thick, that was the most beautiful spiritual. And she had it in a drawer. And I said, what are you doing? It was like an old fashioned manuscript. And she said, it's not, it's time. And I'll just leave it here until someone finds it. She had no desire to take it to the world until the world called its name and said, I'll ask you. So she was Taurus, double Taurus, but she taught me so much about don't push. How can we know if it's our time or our creation's time, is there something in the chart that indicates that? Or is it a gut thing? It's a great question. There are certainly indicators in the chart that describe abundance or opportunities. That's Jupiter. There's times in the chart where it talks about contractions and pulling in that Saturn. It is very obvious in the chart. The progress moon is one of the indicators as well. And that's back to a really good astrologer. That's the thing about astrology. It's like going to the doctor. You don't know what he's talking about. That's what I do differently. I don't say you have tonka ticotitis. I don't know how long the, the prognosis is, but that's usually the signature of a blood clot that happened in your palates. That's, you're like, excuse me, am I going to live or die? Well, all that stuff you just said. And that's what I do in astrology. I cut out all the astrology jargon and talk to people. So many astrologers, I don't even know what they're saying. I listen to them. I go, oh my God, they can talk. But they can't communicate. And that's the difference. Well said. Yes. So North Node, I just I want to ask you about this because this one also kind of confuses me. How much attention do we pay to that and how do we utilize it? Describing level one, why are you not in our school? I would love to be. Okay, well, I'm going to give you every podcast. I tell every podcast person this. You get the special discount because if you like it, you'll tell everyone and you'll love it. This is another topic of level one. The North Node is very, very, very important. It's worthy of your attention for one reason. It's the shortcut to enlightenment. If you want to skip the rising sign, if you want to skip Saturn and what your life lesson was, you just go straight to your North Node and go, oh, you know what your North Node's in? Pisces. Good job. So what did I tell you? You're going to love this. Your shortcut to enlightenment is to dream, to make music, to float, to go spiritual, to close your eyes, to be emotional and not measure it by results. Mm. Pisces is the opposite of Virgo. Virgo is the one that does that, 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 wants the measuring stick and all that. Pisces is like, I'm just doing this because I'm so happy to be embodied and I have an opportunity here to be in love. Pisces is in love all the time. They're like the sweetest people. Keep making music. There's more classical musicians that were born during March, during like all of the, from Chopin to Bach to Mozart, they're all Pisces. They hear music all the time, but they're not looking for a label. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I do host a podcast called Unleash Your Inner Creative because I'm attempting to do so. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, they say you teach what you most need to learn. And that for sure is the case for me to let myself just be fully unleashed and to go into that Pisces North Node and float. And thank you for giving me permission today. You're so good at it. I love you so much. Is there anything you want to share? Like, what are you super excited about right now that you just have on your heart? I would love to end it with you sharing your heart. I think what I'm most excited, it sounds funny, is that the podcast, the communication devices, the telephones, that we're starting to hear truths. I hope you all know about Stephen Greer. Do you know about Dr. Stephen Greer? I don't think so, no. Best podcast I've ever done. I interviewed him. I thought that I... I fell asleep. I, I literally got knocked out after because it took everything I had. I had done just what you did. I researched for days. There are uplifting stories. I'm excited that there's finally the whistleblowers about the fact that we do live in a multidimensional reality. We're not the only ones here. 
nor are we negatively caught in a story that's going to end in a bam, where we're all being destroyed. Quite the opposite. Something magical is about to happen. And I'm so excited at my job to be an example and a way shower and a mom to say, don't worry, but don't you deny it either. Please, please stay open-eyed and then know that your nervous system, your ability to calm yourself. This is your mastery, Lauren, 29 degrees of cancer rising. You have the gift of being a mom to us, you know, really caring about us for real without attachment. Mm. It's water. And then your North node being in Pisces, you're a gift of sensitivity. And please don't underestimate the significance of your ability to feel. Deb, I adore you. Thank you for helping us all gain peace around the antithesis within us and within this world. Do you know Colin Bedell, Queer Cosmos? He's got the same birthday as me. Love you both. (laughs) But he always says not only, but also. I love that you're out there in the world helping us own all of who we are, really gain peace with all of what the world is and what our part is in bringing this next phase in. Yes, I'm happy you're here. I'm so thankful. And what you did all those years ago with Yoga Girl and what you're doing time, future, past, you're so sincere. And I feel just like you feel me, I feel you. I love you, Deb. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my guest, Deborah Silverman. For more info on Deborah, follow her at Deborah Silverman underscore astrology and visit her website, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com to find a copy of her book, The Missing Element, and get more information about her astrology school, which opens up in September. Her podcast, the I Don't Believe in Astrology podcast, is also available wherever good podcasts are found. And be sure to check out the free gift she is offering to you, my Unleashed listener, at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com slash free podcast gift. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit this episode. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thank you, Liz Full, for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag the guest at Deborah Silverman underscore astrology so she can share as well. My wish for you this week is to find deep self-acceptance, self-love, and peace in your journey through your birth chart. I also wish for you, and honestly for myself, that we can get to a point where we know on a soul level that just creating alone is enough. Getting our desired outcome from our work would be great. It would be ideal. But we have to create because it's part of who we are as humans. And that alone is worthy. I love you, and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.